Daniel here. How are you guys doing this fine morning? It's Monday, April 24th, 2017, and uh, I was sitting here studying this morning, and I haven't even got out of Exodus yet. Let's see, it's 8.04. I've been up since uh, 4.30, and uh, woke up at 4.30. Thank you, God. Had great dreams. It was pretty cool. Uh, slept a little bit. Got a little bit of sleep last night, which is really good. Um, and I uh, always need more, but uh, but it was good, though. The sleep I did get was was uh, definitely good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So I feel more rested today. I've been um, back doing my uh, breathing exercises, and it's been helping me to uh, have more energy during the day. Yesterday, I was out. Um, uh, yesterday morning, I was out working uh, with my nunchucks because it was so nice yesterday morning when the sun was coming up. So I got to uh, work out with my nunchucks in the front yard. Um, while the sun was rising and do some uh, breathing exercises that I do to uh, help to uh, uh, lower my blood pressure and to uh, take some of the inner pressure that my body feels that I have because um, of the afflictions I have that I carry in my body. And um, uh, praise God, I'm glad that I have these afflictions because it's teaching me things about them and it's also helping me to have a softer heart towards people that are afflicted as well as many other things, many other great gifts that these, uh, um, having HIV is actually a blessing and having um, you know, uh, high blood pressure and high cholesterol, things like that, it's actually a blessing to me because it gives me something to actually work towards and work on because uh, I uh, was a very hopeless person. I had lost hope for a long time there and uh, I do, I, I, I have and you know, I, you'd think a guy walking with God for 40 years would have all the hope in the world, but that's not true. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, Christians and uh, people that are in churches and people that go to meetings all the time and even pastors and uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and I'll tell you, everybody will tell you the same thing that sometimes we lose hope. And me, I uh, was in a state of hopelessness. I was raised in a hopeless family in a state of hopelessness. I was, it, was, it was ingrained in me to be a pessimist, even though I'm an optimistic person. So I was in conflict most of my life, had a lot of confusion going on, had seemed to attract a lot of people into my life that wanted to make uh, uh, fortify that confusion even more. And then I also had some very good, good loving friends and that loving stream, you know how you have that, you can look back through your life and there's that one stream where all these people that were so freaking cool to you that it just blew you away, right? Well, I have those kind of people in my life. So I'm a very fortunate man. I'm very fortunate to live in America, um, even though I am afflicted and even though it did change the way money comes to my life, it changed the way everything, but it, 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 it caused, that affliction caused me to run to God, it really did. I, I didn't have a choice, really, even more so. Um, at this point, it was either run to God and find out a way to 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 regain health and and to live. You know, you know, you hear in church a lot of times, God will restore the years that the locusts have eaten, and then they'll read the Joel scripture to you and they'll pray over you and whatnot. And I've had that prayed over me many times, and even prophesied to me through people and um, have had many prophetic words given to me that um, have um, some of them are actually I'm living right now some of them have come to pass and some of them I'm still waiting on you know and uh, yeah there are some ones I'm still waiting on and uh, so um, anyway um, 
you know, the prophecy that the restoration, the restoring the years of locusts have eaten. And I guess some of the getting some of that back, living in a state of that right now in, in one area of my life. But we all have other compartments that we live in as well as, like, say, we have our relationships with our parents, but we also have relationships with our friends, and we also have that are different from our parents, and the ones that were with our spouse are different from all of those. And so, relationships are just one area, and then you have entertainment, and then you also have a recreation, you have health, you have a finance, you have, you just have all, we have all these facets in our lives where we have to kind of wear so many different hats because we have to know so many different things in order to keep up, you know, so that we don't fall behind and end up you know, dead on the street somewhere, you know, you know, from, for, for no, for whatever reason, you know, it could be for any reason. I've been homeless before. If it wasn't for my mom right now, I probably would be because I don't have that much money coming in. And I say, because I say for my mom, because I know that God is, 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 uh, healed the relationship between my mom and I, but my mom has always been cool. And she's always like had a room here to rent to to borders um ever since uh well ever since the 80s ever since uh we us kids were gone so um she was renting this room out that i was that was my bedroom when i was uh, younger when i was a teenager but um not the room i got saved in the room i got saved in is right on the other side of that wall over there which I, you're not seeing but it's i'm pointing with my left hand to the left <laughs> with my left hand <laughs> to the wall there's a door over there and on the other side there, there's a room and then that room is where i got saved at so anyway um Jesus reminded me of that. It was years. It took years of. I had so much drug abuse in my. I had abused my myself so much with drugs and and tormented myself so much with drugs. It fried my mind for a long time. I couldn't even remember how I got saved or when I got saved. One morning, Jesus reminded me of it when I was praying. I was uh, back about 20 years ago. Well, close to 20 years ago. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's right. I forgot all about that. It completely. Uh, he when he healed my memory. My, I got flooded with memories that I, I had been blocked out from, um, you know, trying to block out bad memories. You know, I, you do block out some of your good memories, too, when you try to do that with. And that's what I was doing with drugs. I was trying to trying to block out memories, torments and 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 uh, traumas, just like we all do. You know, when we're addicted to something and we're. But, you know, I, I didn't want to even going to talk about that this morning. What I wanted to talk about was what uh, I was reading in Exodus this morning. I'm in chapter five and. Moses's first encounter with Pharaoh. Now, Moses has already talked. God's already talked to him and his brother, and talked to him and and said some stuff and gave some signs and did a bunch of miracles with Moses and talked to Aaron and then sent him in there. And so um, these guys, the children of Israel, are making bricks for the Egyptians. They're they're in slavery right now. They're being they have taskmasters set over them, and uh, these guys are putting the whip to them and they're making them make bricks and build their cities. Right. So they're building the cities of. Uh, two cities one of them was Ramses it's a um, Exodus chapter uh, I don't remember what chapter that one's in but I read that in there one of the cities and the, there's two cities named in there but I'm not going to go into that it's under the Pharaoh right now um, under the son of, of the Pharaoh Ramses um, I believe Ramses the first and this is probably Ramses the second that he's talking to here but I'm not sure who Moses is dealing with doesn't give his name but they are building those cities and the children of Israel Moses now he'd been living out in the desert right for a while because he had to run away because he killed an Egyptian right had been raised in Pharaoh's house raised by Pharaoh's daughter he ended up killing an Egyptian over a over a conflict between a Hebrew and Egyptian and he thought at that time that God was going to raise up the because he knew the prophecy about him he knew he knew those prophecies he knew what God had said and God had been talking to him about raising him up and showing him that he was going to raise him up and so that he was going to raise him up to be a deliverer and um so it wasn't until he ran off and went out in the desert that he met god face to face 
as a burning bush and got the I am, I am that I am. That's where he met him. So anyway, God sends Moses back to get the children of Israel because he's heard their cry. The taskmasters are whipping the crap out of them. And they're um, now at this point, Moses' first encounter with Pharaoh, okay? So in chapter 5 of Exodus, Moses and Aaron go to talk to Pharaoh. And uh, and when their first encounter, Pharaoh, and so Mo, God said this, though, I wanted to talk about this for a second, because God does harden whoever's heart he wants to harden and softens whoever hearts he wants to soften. And it's up to you. It's up to you. You're the, you're the gatekeeper on that. You either say, yeah, I want my heart softened, Father God, and you just stay after that. You keep talking to him every day, Cut, soften my heart, don't harden it. Thank you, Father God, for softening my heart and not hardening it. Thank you for opening my eyes and showing me things. Thank you for giving me a teachable spirit, a teachable, a broken and contrite spirit, too, because that's what does please him. It says that in the Psalms, but if you know God, then you know that is what pleases him. You know, anybody that knows God knows that, all right? So, and I know God very well, and he does, that definitely pleases him. He wants us to be teachable and open, right? And flexible, not so damn rigid that we can't, that we walk around with a stick up our butt. You know, we can't freaking be told anything without freaking rattling off a million scriptures to correct somebody about it or whatever. He can't even just take life as it comes, right? You know, so I know, and sometimes some of us can be so God-minded and so heady that we, that we, and then sometimes we can cast that, like, like I know that I try to be down to earth. I, you know, I'm a, I'm in, I'm out in the fields working. I'm a, I'm a worker guy, right? I get my hands dirty. I get in it, you know. And I, I know what God said to me about my ministry, and and it's 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 from that point, you know. I'm like Amos. I was in the field working when God got a hold of me, man. You know, so it's like okay, so and, you know, so if He sends you in with a word and talk to talk to somebody, He's going to send you in in power. You're going to have power there with you. He's not going to send you empty-handed. So with Moses, He sends him in there with a rod, this rod that you know, this magical rod that turns into a snake. You know, I call it man. I'm just kind of throwing some words around out there just to break up the religiosity of this and the Christian, the, the uh, churchianity, uh, Christianese language that we often try to get ourselves caught up in. Oh, he's not scripturally right. Oh, he just, he said it was magic. It's not magic, it's miracle. You know, just get off of it, man. Come on, you guys. Religious spirits, that's what religious spirits do, all right? Let's just have a conversation. Let's have a powwow right now about this whole thing right now, right here, okay? God's going to harden your heart if you're going to be like that. You know, that leads to bitterness, and that bitterness is your own fault, too. But God's the one that does the hardening and the softening of our hearts. God gives the rain on the just and the unjust. The same. God, if you ask in the time of the latter rain for rain and snow, God will give it to you. It says so in scriptures. Why don't we believe that? Why don't we pray for rain and snow? Why don't we do what Jesus said when there's a storm and say, you know, peace be still and, and, and use our faith to make it go away? Some people would say, well, that's witchcraft. But no, it's not. Jesus actually rebuked the disciples for not using their faith that way. And you can see it in the rebukes of, of the disciples. Just look at what he said when he was irritated with people, because he does say he was irritated with people, you know. Yeah, he was a man, too. He got irritated with us. So let's talk right now. Exodus 5. So Egypt. So Moses got this rod. He hasn't even used it yet, but he goes in there and he tells Pharaoh the first time. He says, let the people go. And what does Pharaoh do? Is he triples the workload on the on the children of Israel and he won't give them straw for their bricks. So they have to go out and gather it themselves and they have to have the quota of straw met to, in order to build the bricks. And so they have to meet that quota that was daily given to them. These guys tripled it though. They tripled it. They, 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 were, they were stacking it up. They were saying, you got to make more. You got to have at least that much and more. And so anyway, they're going on here. And so we're 
at the uh, you know and and as you go and you read it chapter chapter five and you study it and you look and it's this back and forth between um, the taskmasters the people and then Moses has to go and talk tell Pharaoh and Pharaoh and Moses and all this stuff's going on right and they're talking back and forth and the whole time you're thinking Moses says God says to Moses I'm gonna raise you up and bring the children of Israel out here it's a three day march out here to the desert to out, out here to where I want you guys to come worship me at on this mountain and Pharaoh he and he, Moses tells Pharaoh that but in his mind he's probably thinking it's only gonna you know but he's, he's and God says but I'm gonna harden Pharaoh's heart but you're not thinking this might take some time here right he doesn't tell the people that though because he's in the in the middle of it he doesn't know this first thing I'm reading the story so I can get that out of the story right but there you're in the now when you're with God and these things are happening in his now and at the time in his now you're in the now you're just moving with the spirit sometimes you don't have all the information you only have a little bit of it you only have a tiny little sliver of it but you just got to just roll with it man and see what the spirit does right well here's here's a case where I know there's a lot of people out there say well when it's God it'll always work and it'll work every time it'll work smooth and it'll be God and that is just not true this is not true for every circumstance. In this circumstance right here, every time Moses stepped up to do something, it blew up in his face and went backwards. And the people at one point wanted to kill him. They were so pissed off at him. They were saying they were they were ready to stone him. They were ready to, you know, cut him loose, man. Hey, man, you're an idiot. By the time he leads them out, they're calling, you know, there's some pretty rough things that happen. But they're still... They're still, even after they saw all the plagues and everything that happened and they were protected, they were still jamming him up, still charging him and wanting to beat his ass, man. They get him, he gets to the to the, um, to the Red Sea. I'm going to skip ahead here just a little bit and then come back. But he gets to the Red Sea, man, and you just read read what happens. What he Just follow the story from Exodus. Just start reading Exodus 1 and just follow the story. Man, it's crazy. Sometimes people are so beat down and so caught up in the, in the mentality of slave ship and so victimized and so abused and so I was that way I know man that sometimes I couldn't even see the light for the freaking for the freaking reflection on the ground I couldn't see it I couldn't even see the light for the end of the tunnel I couldn't see nothing all I could see was my misery that I was in and the misery that was God was causing that I, these guys were led out by miracles okay you read about the plagues and everything that happened to Pharaoh and everything and how the children of Israel were protected and everything that God did with them and how he built this little little uh, community up and started and started nurturing them and loving them and, and giving him his, showing him his feasts and showing him like the Passovers right there in this story, right? Okay, the Passover is very important. It's, it's one of the most most important important themes in the whole Bible is the Passover and what it means and what it means to the to the believer in Jesus, what it means to the person that puts their faith in the Messiah. It has to do with that Passover. It has everything to do with it and, and all the feasts of God. It really does. I mean, he is in all the feasts. He is. It says so and he is and he is. Okay, so anyway, um, Everything's blown up in Moses' face. Every time something happens, even though miracles are happening, it blows up. And sometimes we can be so caught up in our everyday life that we forget about the fact that God is supernatural. God is is the one that's the miracle worker. God is the one that's spirit. And we're not. I mean, we are. We are, but we're in a physical body. But we get so caught up in this, in the in the physical world that we forget about the spirit world, and we forget that God created everything from the invisible. Everything that was visible, that's now visible, was created from the invisible. It began with a thought to begin with. On, uh, and this is something that a lot of people don't seem to understand: is God is just much, just as much thought as God is just as much spirit. Okay? And we are too. And this is part of us. We are that part. We're the reflection of I am. We are created in the image of I am. This is what? We're, we're that too. 
As a man thinks, so he is. Come on, think about it. As a man thinks, so he is. It's not just life is that way. As we think it is, it's that way. It is as we think we are thinking we are because we're created in the image of I am, right? And so we we often think that, okay, there's not going to be an obstacle, but there is. Do you think that God didn't have obstacles when he wanted to create everything? Most of us think God didn't, but God did too. God used faith too. God measured at every man faith, but God proved everything before he did it. If you read scriptures, you'll find it. It's in the Psalms. Everything was proven before he did it. All right? Wisdom. Come on, baby. This is We're talking higher wisdom here. We're not talking earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom, we're all caught up in our crap, right? And we can't see the miracles happening around us, but they're happening every day. Just back yourself up. Okay, back yourself up. Do it on the internet if you have to. Go to YouTube and look at the cosmos and look at where we're. Just just go pinpoint the Earth where we're at in the in the solar in the in the universe, right? And it'll give you. A, there's videos about it. You can watch it, and it'll show you back up to the satellite images of where we're at and what what we really are. We're dust specks. We're quirks in the quantum realm. You know, basically. Maybe we're the electron. Maybe maybe we are all the electrons, man. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, just, you know, so let's, let's, no, let's come back down to Earth here. Let's come back down. So we're that, that perspective out there will broaden everything for you. Now, God, we're a speck of dust in, to, compared to God in size, you know, you know. But yet, God's right here with us, and we, and we often think that he's not. God's right here. Miracles happen. Why do they happen? Because, because God's right here. Those are the things that testify that God's among us. The God's here, walking among us, like it says in, in the book of Corinthians. And I think it's in 1 Corinthians. I'll be their God, and I will walk among them. It's also a scripture in the in the Old Testament. One of the prophets said it. I think it might have been Isaiah. I know Paul quoted Isaiah quite a bit. Um, Paul, a student of the, of the Hebrew scriptures, raised that way, raised in the school of Pharisees. Anyway, we'll back up here to Exodus 5 now. And... Um, so every time Moses is doing something, man, these taskmasters are coming down harder on the children of Israel, right? So it's, it's blown up. His friends' lives are blown up. He's, he's pressing into God, right? God's telling him to go stir some stuff up, and it's blowing everybody's life apart, right? And they're all, and they're all like, now they're really getting a burden. And as you read this and you continue to read this, it keeps doing the same thing, but they keep forgetting. And this is the issue that God had with them in the, in the wilderness, too. The same issue was that he kept, and he kept saying through the prophets, the same issue was, is I, I had done all these miracles and you still didn't believe. I had done all these miracles. All these miracles happen around us every day and we still don't believe. But you know, creation itself is a miracle. Just walk outside. The rain itself is a miracle. The rainbow is a miracle from God. It's also a promise of God, too. He's not going to flood the earth again. Yeah. There were, um, in the book, Enoch's prophecies, there were two cataclysms. One, was the flood and the other was fire. Okay, whoa, heavy duty, huh? We have the testimony of that right now going on in Florida. I pray, Father God, that you put those fires out, that not a wind blows there, but rain fall there on Florida and let the fires be put out right now in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, Daddy God, for putting out those fires in Florida. Anywhere that there's wildfires going right now, thank you for putting the fires out. Thank you for giving food to the people in Somalia. Father, we're so caught up in what's going on in Korea and everywhere else that we can't, we've forgotten about Somalia. They need help. Daddy, they need help. Send send aid to Somalia. Send aid to where there's famine. Send aid to where there's where they need help, where they need medical, where they need food, water, shelter, anything, whatever they need, clothing, whatever they need. All the things that you say that you give us, Father God, and all the things that we have in abundance, send it over there. Send it to them. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen.
you know, I don't really like to pray publicly that often because of what Jesus said about that, but I, I just was felt led by the spirit to do so. So anyway, sometimes we forget that God is, 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 does things in, in, in our realm as we would say a miracle that when, you know, when God does, it's a miracle to us and to him, it's natural, normal. And the longer you spend with the Lord and the longer you see his miracles in your life and through your life and, and in the lives of those around you and the people that you know that, that, um, that, that love Jesus and that walk with Jesus. And the more you see miracles, the more you see, the more you, it becomes normal for you. It just becomes normal. It's just normal, right? You're like, well, when is it not a miracle, though, really? When is life really not a miracle? It should be normal that we just should be normal to us, you know? And it's supposed to be so normal that we do believe. And the point is, is that when it's not normal to us, it's that's that's actually a bad sign because that right there is is a sign showing us that we actually are stumbling off into an area where we really don't believe, and we could be led into an area where we don't believe, and then end up staying there for a long time, and maybe never even leave in that spot where we just forget and never do it again, or we just forget about God and never even. Never even bat an eye, bat a, never even give God a thought anymore. One morning, God took me up on the, this is back in 2009, 2010, 2009. I was walking, I'd been walking for a couple of years. So it's probably 2009, so took me up on the overpass. I used to write stuff down, but my wrists pop so bad I can't write with my hands and I just don't want to type it. And I'm just not a scribe, man. I don't, I'm not really a writing guy. I don't really, I, I'll write stuff, but I... It's, it's for me, and, and, then, and then journals, they just were confusing. They were crazy and confusing. So I, I said, if it doesn't stick, God, you put it in my memory. If it doesn't stick, I'll let you be my memory. Whatever sticks, that's yours. That's what you want me to remember. Whatever doesn't, you don't remember. Okay, well, when I did that, I actually, more things stick, stick than don't. So <laughs> this is a really good way to do it, actually. But you have to have faith, though. So we go up there to the overpass on the freeway, and, and he says to me one morning, this is just one of the mornings he took me out there to talk. And and so I went up, and so it's about, you know, half a mile up here. I got to walk up a hill and up on the bridge and then overlook the freeway, and I was overlooking the freeway. And he says um, to me, he goes, he goes, count the cars that go by. So I started counting the cars, right? And when I got to 100, he said, stop. So I says, okay. And so I stopped at 100. And, um, and then, you know, it's not that hard to count 100 cars going by in the morning uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning, right? So it's, you know, so I count 100 cars. And I was up there for, you know, a few minutes. And, um, you know, we're just standing there just enjoying the sun. It was really nice. The air is real nice up there, you know. And I'm just kind of standing there and, uh, you know, because it's kind of up, and we got a you know a lot of wind that comes across the desert, and it starts the desert starts just up there on that shelf. So that's the shelf where the desert is, you know. And so there's we have a freeway, an airport, and then the desert's beyond that. There's a military base and desert, and everything's just right there. So it's you know this just goes for miles. It's just desert, you know. Uh, I call it a high desert because the foothills are right over here behind me. You know, my backyard is the foothills and then the high mountains. You know, and the mountains go right up into the Rockies. So it's like. Freaking, and then in those in those mountains, Idaho mountains, it's all rocks, man. We got granite, basalt, we got everything, man. We got crystals, we got there's gold in them our heels. <laughs> it's everything. We got it all, man. It's the gem state. We got gems here, man. We got diggings, man. You go diggings, man. Might get yourself some gems, man. You can get up there in the mountain, maybe find you some emeralds and some rubies, maybe in a creek or something. I found topaz one time in a creek, and then I just was getting a drink out of a creek that you, there's some creeks in Idaho you can drink out of. I've never had a Giardia or anything like that because I know what to drink out of because I was a Boy Scout and also had some other survival training too. Anyway, um, Idaho survival training anyway. Um, 
Well, and Kentucky. I had some Kentucky survival training as well. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so on we go here with this story. So things can blow up, right? And things will. And sometimes we just don't see the miracles. We can't see the, the silver lining that's in the cloud sometimes for the cloud. We just see the cloud. We're like, oh, God, what up? Oh, stop. It beat us up for. And then there's miracles popping all over the place. And we're like going, oh, did it? Literally. Oh, a miracle. Oh, cool. And this is what it reminds me of, okay? The next thing I was reminded of while I was reading this was the sower of the seed. The parable, the sword of the seed that Jesus talked about. And I'm going to read this, okay? So I'm reading out of King James here, and it's my concordance Bible, so it's got like these numbers behind every word, so i got to do this. But I'll try to do this really quick here. Okay, so starting at Mark 4, verse 10. Okay, now I'm going to go back to Exodus 5. So we're still there. Keep your thumb, thumb or finger on Exodus 5. If you're turning your Bibles, go to Mark 4, verse 10. Mark chapter 4, verse 10. Give you a few seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six. Let me get a drink of tea here. Yabba dabba do. This is a Rev DDT broadcast. Don't touch your top. We'll be right back. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there. I was going to do it anyway. I would have had to cut it. So, I like these when they're just rolling. I don't have to cut them. Spirits got a hold of this one this morning. Put it on my heart. Wouldn't let me go. I had to, I actually walked away four times and came back and sat down to do this. So <laughs> I was like, all right, Lord, I'll do it. All right, all right, all right. I just had to make sure. You know, you have to make sure. Sometimes you just have to make sure it's the Spirit. And, you, you know, I don't always hear God's voice say it. It's just, just something going on in my heart stirring. And I just start following just start moving around to figure out which way. You gotta you gotta use your faith. Sometimes you know you did you know that you have to use your faith to prophesy? You actually have to open your mouth and start moving your tongue. Blah, 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 blah. If you have to just start blabbing if you have to. Go blah 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 until something comes out if you have to. That's actually how it how it started with me. It's actually it didn't wasn't a blah blah blah. It was a na 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 bam, it just came out like a river, man. You know, and so the tongues too, when it first came, it was uh what was my first tongue? I don't remember what it was. Uh, you remind me. HG, just remind me while we're talking here. I'll remember. So, Mark chapter 4, verse 10. Oh, there it is. That's what it was. I'm not kidding you. And it was like that for two years, and then all of a sudden it just went boom. And then there's so many dialects. It's absolutely amazing. Angels, there's so many angels. There's as many angels as there are. There's where there's classes and sects of angels and dialects, and, and, and uh, I don't understand it, but there are divisions of dialects as well, okay? Um, and I don't fully understand it, but from what I've been taught and what they've been teaching me is there's way more than what we even can grasp or understand, and um, our little small little pea brain will go kaboom if we try to get it all at once. So just be glad that you get what you get and use what you get so it will increase because it will if you use it. That's the law. It's the law of increasing. Jesus talked about that. It's one of those spiritual laws. Anyway, um, Mark. So are you there yet? Mark chapter 4, verse 10. And we're going to wrap this up real quick here, okay? I'm going to do this real fast. So when he was alone, the 12 were with him. And they wanted to know about the parable he said to him. So he was talking about the sword of the seed, right? He says, you guys, under you guys, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So anybody that's asking Jesus for to know the mysteries, it is your disciple. That does point out to the fact that you are a disciple if you're asking him for that. And you're desiring that. And you're chasing down wisdom for that. And you're chasing down his wisdom for that. So 
Know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto them, unto everybody else, everything's taught in parables, right? And the reason why is because he wants us to dig it out, dig out the understanding. And he goes in to talk about that in verse 12. I'm going to jump down here to verse 13. No, um, or not verse 13, let's see. I'm going to go to, okay, so here it is. So he goes, know this. He goes, so the parables, and he goes, verse 14. The sower sows the word is the sower of the word. The word is what God is sta- saying. It's uh, the expression of God. It's the logos, the, the, the that what the doctrine of what God is saying. The doctrine, the preaching, the question, the speaker, the speeching, the 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 he he's Jesus is teaching. What is he teaching? He's the things he's teaching. That's the logos. That's the the logos. And he is in in the moment is is as he's teaching it is rhema too. Is by the way. So it's both because he's teaching spirit and life. And that word is spirit and life. And that word is that he's speaking. The word of spirit and life is rhema word so it's the now what God's saying now the utterances of God is basically the utterances of God so anyway verse 15 these are they that by which they fall by the wayside when the word is sown but immediately they've heard it and Satan comes and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts okay now just think about this when you're seeing miracles something's being sown there it's not it's a word it's not being spoken it's you're seeing it but it's still a word though God is still saying I am here that that word is I am present with you I am my presence is here with you I am here that's what God is saying when he's showing you a miracle he's saying I am here I, I'm revealing he He's unveiling himself so you can see him. That's what's going on. Don't you guys get it? That's what's going on. God's saying that. So all of us are wandering and go, oh, God, we're still on our, on our faces crying out for God's presence. Dude, you already got it. When you cried out for Jesus, you already got it. Yeah, keep seeking God that way and keep crying out for his presence. You want that. You want, But what you want to do is you want to shift to thank you, God, for your presence and and, and, and magnify the Lord in that. And be and then say to the Lord, be magnified because the Lord said, it says David said that too, that we would say that and we will. And those that know the Lord will say that. Please, Lord, be magnified because when God's magnified, everything gets made right. Whatever evil's against you gets, and whoever's got a hard heart and they got an issue against you, God will deal with them. You don't have to mess. Just read Pharaoh's story and then look at your own life and look at when you took your hands off of stuff. Most people don't want to take their hands off of stuff and ride in the miracle. They want to get their hands in it and say, and then and then pull all the burdens on top of themselves and carry the weight of the world. But Jesus said you can't operate from that point. If you operate from that point, you're dead. Check it out. Look, our first day on the earth was the day right before God's rest. <laughs> he created us and then rested from his works. Yeah, check that out. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and, and wants us to, what do we enter into the next, our first day is entering into God's rest on the earth. And it says so in the, in the book of Hebrews that if we don't enter into it, and it's through the hardness of our hearts that we don't enter in through it. See, and this is what this is, whole story is about with, with the children of Israel. And with this is what, this is part of our example, the biggest and the most broadest perspective of our example to get out of this would be the fact that we have unbelieving hearts most of the time. And we don't want to believe that God is present with us right now. And what's happening is there's 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 a mechanism that's going on too because there's an enemy that comes and steals that word out of your heart. He's the enemy of your soul, the enemy of God, but he's also working for God too. Did you know that? Yeah, he's sent right into our lives to tempt us. Who do you think sends him into our lives? You read the Old Testament, you see who he sends him into our lives. God. It's to prick our hearts to get us. Do you know why we have petty tyrants in our lives? It's to get us to move towards love. Do you know what changed between my mom and I? It wasn't until I moved towards love that she changed. She stopped her, she put her war down between us. She, put the, she took the fence down. 
and she'd put the war down and now she's loving towards me but I actually had to bathe her in, in words. I had to use, I understand the power of words and the power of confession and prayer. And I got a list of words here, and I've read these list off, this list off before, but I had to literally bathe her in these words. And literally, I have to put it in my mind and picture myself pouring these words over her as, as I was pouring the oil of the Lord and do it with joy. And I, as I was doing it, and I was really pissed off at her when I started doing this. Okay, I was still mad at her, and she was still mad at me. We were still angry at each other when I started doing this. This is what God told me to do. Okay, and this is for somebody else that's having a problem with your parents or, or any relationship. It doesn't matter who it is. I do this over everybody now. I started with my mom. Now it's over everybody. I just read over everybody every morning. <laughs> I just put everybody in one big giant pile, and I wait until I've got everybody gathered up in my imagination. I use your imagination, people. Come on, that's what it's there for. Use your picture mind and gather all your friends up and get all their eyes, and then just start bathing them with these words. And no, no, do it with your intention. Know that this is gonna that God's pouring these words out over them. Know that this is gonna reset their their even their cells in their body, which you can reset your cells in your body, by the way. I found that out through quantum mechanics, but I also found it out through meditation, too, as well. You found some things out in meditation that just blew me away that uh, that I, I didn't even know we could do. We have the, the ability to do things. And it, God says in the scriptures, in the, in the, in, I'm just going to say this the Psalms, that um, they are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. Okay, that's the new every morning song. So that's in the scriptures. So your mercies are new every morning. But um, oh, uh, there, every day is a new day. Every day begins a new day. Every day is a new beginning. A new beginning every day in God. If you're not in God, you don't get a new beginning every day. Well, I'm sorry. I feel bad for you because you need a new beginning. We all do. Everybody needs a new start. Fresh start over day. And the clean start is from the point of the fact that you're saved by Jesus. If you're saved by Jesus, you're, your slate's completely wiped clean. Now you've got a clean slate every single day you start with. You need to start your, start your day that way with that in your mind so that you start out fresh every day. And then you need to keep your attitude and your, your, your petty little attitude to yourself and quit picking on your husbands and wives quit picking on your husbands and husbands quit picking on your wives for 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 uh for 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 just following the spirit you know and and get and have grace extend grace between each other and and shower each other bathe each other with with beautiful words words that build each other up that's the prophetic way that's the god's god's way is to build people up he's not tear he's not gonna tear you down unless you want that if you want it, then he'll tear you down. And if you're tearing other people down, then you're saying to God, that's what you want. And that's what you're going to get from God. That's what you're going to get from the universe. That's what you're going to get from life. You will reap what you sow. Okay? So just lay down your, 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 your fight between each other. You don't need to have that because you don't have... God did that for you in Jesus. He took away the enmity. Read what Paul, the Apostle Paul said, wrote about that. That God took the enmity that was that fight that was against between us and God. He took that away in Christ Jesus. And he really literally did. So if he did, why don't we live that way with each other? Because we've refused to believe God's presence is among us because we forget to acknowledge God. First, you got to get it first thing in the morning. Start acknowledging God, man. When you do, your day will be set. And as you do, okay, first, it'll take a while because it starts as a seed and then you have to build on it. But over time, you'll, you'll look back and you'll see and you'll realize, oh my God. I've been doing this my life's been better because I've been doing this and if you're a person like me that was raised as a pessimist an optimistic person that was raised in a pessimistic home it was really hard for me it was always I was a struggle you, you still have a struggle you can overcome that you can overcome that by your words and by your attitude just switch your attitude did you know that you cannot renew your mind unless you renew it and you cannot transform unless you renew your mind and you've got to renew it on what's going to you have to renew it on the truth and the truth it stacks up the same way every way. It never changes. It's always the same. It's the same truth. The universal laws, they never change. You know, gravity is, it's, it's gravity, right? You know, um, thermodynamics, it works because it is. 
It's thermodynamics. There's a lot of the law of thermodynamics. It works the way it works. You know? It's just because that's the way it works. You know? It's the way God wrote it that way. It's, that's the wisdom that keeps it. You know that the, the, the seas, you know, it says in the scriptures that God set the limit for the sea so it wouldn't transgress the land, so it wouldn't, wouldn't cross a certain limit so that there was land and it would stay, that it would remain. And he said that was wisdom. The wisdom actually, it's in, in Proverbs, by the way, and also in the book of Job as well. And some other places too. So, verse 15. Now here we're on verse 16. So verse 15, Satan comes and takes the word away that was sown. And the ones that uh, hear the, on the, that the word was sown on stony ground, verse 4, Mark 4, verse 16. These are the ones that were sown on stony ground, so they have a hard heart, right, basically? So they, so the first ones, they, they, they don't, they, they, the, the word, they hear the word, but they, it doesn't take any root. The first, the snack one is on stony ground. And um, so he says that immediately they receive it, they hear it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and they only endure for a little while. And when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, so what was sown for for that for that doctrine, for that doctrine's sake? So they're hearing the doctrine of God, but because they're not, it's not, it's sown on a, a hard heart, sown on a stony ground, that it's getting persecution is going to come for one thing. It's going to come because of the word, no matter what. Wherever it's sown, whether it's sown in a good heart or whether it's sown on a stony heart or, or one of those other ones where Satan comes and steals it or this one here, it's, 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 you just get offended because of the word, because, because of the afflictions and persecution for the word's sake. Okay, That word that's being sown is, no, is, is, is not just the doctrine of God, but it's the very life of Christ himself. It's the very spirit and life of, it's very spirit and life of God himself. It's the very... Let there be light, you know, the very boom. That's okay. So, and they get offended because of that. So, and here's, and then there's some that are growing up around thorns. Now, thorns are, are hearts that are like, like mine was. It was just all thorny. It was just had a lot of pricks sticking out of it, you know. Every time somebody came around, I'd be a prick to them, you know. Every time somebody'd agitate me, I'd agitate them back instead of do what Jesus did and, and pray for them and love them and, 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 and seek for, to understand them and understand their position and maybe walk a little bit in their shoes if you have to. I've done that before. Um, I became homeless so I could understand what homelessness was like and, um, at one point when I didn't have to be. I was homeless, but I didn't really understand it that well when I was homeless because I was, I, um, it wasn't until I became home, until I wasn't homeless and became homeless on purpose that I understand homelessness, understood it. Yeah, get that one, figure that one out. You are homeless and you don't understand homelessness and you just really don't get it. Yeah, and, and then, but then you're not homeless anymore and then you become homeless in order to understand homelessness. That right there will give you some wisdom that you need. Somebody needs to hear that. You need to hear that because what, you know, a lot of times we're holding on to things too much. And, and the children of Israel, they're holding on to stuff way too much back here in Exodus 5. They, they, they're holding on to the life they have. They're holding on and they're, they're kind of holding on to that, 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 and not seeing God in the process of it, not realizing that there's a process going on here. Moses laid it out to him, but they, there's a process and sometimes it takes time and sometimes it'll blow up in your face. Sometimes you go exactly backwards from what God said you're going to do. I mean, he's told me a few things that I'm going to do and we're going, I've, we're doing, a, we were going back, we're actually started going backwards and, and was led by God to go backwards away from it. And it was like, what the heck? And I, I heard other people talk about this a long time ago and I never believed it, but then now I do. <laughs> Well, I guess that's why I didn't believe it. Now I needed to be taught it, so now I believe it. Now, so now, okay, okay. So, you know, okay, what we reject, we get taught, too. That is true. We do get taught what we reject. Yeah. If we're not careful, if we're careful, our eyes are open, the, the lesson we'll learn will be quick. We won't have to march 40 years around a mountain to 
you know, out in the wilderness. Anyway, so then, um, so the guys that are sewn on the, uh, uh, the, in the thorns, uh, the thorny hearts uh, are the ones. This is the heart. It's the cares in, in verse 19. The cares of the world and richness and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. So basically, those three above, one of them is satanic. So demonically, you could say ego and demonic. Those three are ego and demonic. And the other one, the ones that are sown in good ground, is a good heart. They hear. This is what it, he describes it. They hear the word. They receive it. Oh, whoa. And it brings forth fruit. Okay, so it's not just receiving it, but they receive it and it brings forth fruit. Okay, do you know when you take in a seed, the word's a seed, you take in a seed, you plant a seed to ground, it takes time for that seed to grow. Sometimes it won't even look like that seed's growing. You can't go out there and go, grow seed, grow, grow, grow. And then all of a sudden it pops up through the earth and then you go, grow, get a leaf, get a leaf. And you can force it. You can't do that with your will. There's a, t- a process of time. Go back and read Ecclesiastes. There's a time and a season for everything, baby. Uh. Well, there's a time to be, it takes time to be fruitful sometimes. So some of you guys that are really bitching about younger Christians that aren't getting it. Oh, they're just not getting it. Oh, they're always on drugs. They're just not getting it. Uh. There are always problems in their life. You know what, man? God had, God had some grace with you. Maybe you didn't have to go through what they did. Maybe you might have to end up there. Maybe you might end up walking in their shoes. You might want to be careful. That happens to some of us. God does uh, dish out stricter punishment to teachers, and some of us are, uh, do go around teaching people like we think we know everything. You know, I, mean, I know that's, I know because God told me that about me, myself, because I was like that, and then I had, I a whole bunch of stuff happened to me that shouldn't have happened that did, because of my mouth and my attitude and my heart towards younger believers and towards other people. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm giving you the school of, of, of Daniel, the school that I got, around schooling that the Lord gave me, you know. Use your words for, for great things. Your words have power. Go watch the Miyamoto's water thing on the on YouTube, and you'll, you'll see what our words do to water. And we're made up of water. Just think what those words do to people, what we're doing to each other when we're heaping all that garbage on each other. And we're not, we're, we're really not being God-like doing that anyway, because God doesn't talk like that. And we're also being like the devil, because the devil talks like that, and devilish people talk like that. And darkness speaks from this evil place, and that's coming from an evil place. And you just go see what God says about our words. And God will tell you the very thing that he's told me because you'll see it in the scriptures. But God will also teach you and he'll show you these things and he'll open your eyes up to see these things. And I want to end up with this. Now we're going to go right back here. So the fruitful one receives it. The one that hears it receives it. All right. So listen and receive this word. Moses, he returned back to the Lord and he said, why have you brought this trouble on this people? Why have you sent me? I'm in verse 23 now. For uh, I came, Exodus 23. For I came to Pharaoh to speak your, to your name and he's done it. And, and then he turns around and does all this evil stuff to him. And he says, and you haven't even delivered the people yet. Now I haven't even started verse 6 yet, but I know where the story's going because I've read it a hundred times or more and um, and studied it quite often. And, and I understand it, and I understand what God's saying here, but in this light right now, in this now moment, God is saying something to somebody about their words and about the words being seeds and about and about being, if you want to be a Jesus-like, you already are, if you're, you, you already are, you look like that way to God, so you need to look like, like that way to everybody else. We all do. I'm saying this to myself, too. And, and part of it is, and most of it, almost all of it, well, actually, really, I'd say 100% of it has to do with our faith. Because it does say that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Um, it says that in the book of Hebrews. 
So I want to say this: that you can actually miss it if you're not seeing the miracles. And another way, if you're if you're having problems seeing the miracles, then start praising God. If you're having a problem start uh, with with seeing that God's presence is in your life every day, then start praising God because that's where you're you're lacking. If you're not praising, most of the time, okay. Here's another one too. If you're running running your mouth and 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 just bad mouthing people, and you and you know it when you are, and you got a bad attitude towards people, that's because you're not praising God enough. You're not singing songs to God. You're not spending time dancing before the Lord by yourself without nobody else around, you and God. As a matter of fact, in your alone time by yourself, when you have a few seconds, if you do, what are you doing? Are you talking to God and praising God and loving on God and seeking seeking to delight yourself in the Lord? Because you have to. That's the only way it works. If you don't delight yourself in the Lord, your, your desires are going to be, well, evil desires because they're going to come from an evil heart. But if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, there's no possible way evil's going to just eventually evil will just stop coming from you. It just will because you'll have that fountain of love coming out of you all the time. You fall in love with God and that's how the fountain works. You want the fountain that Jesus put a bubbling fountain in us and it can come out and that wellspring can give out, like James said, either polluted water or clean, but it can't give out both. All right. And if you're giving out polluted water, toxic attitudes of you know, those angsty attitudes you have towards people because they're not doing what you think they need to be doing or they should be doing or living their life, even if it's your husband. <laughs> you know what? You don't have a right to that. You only have a right to yourself. And you can't fix everybody. Get the plank out of your eye because that is a plank. Some things, times, sometimes you got to step out of the boat to do something and move by the Spirit. And you need to give your husbands, wives give your husbands flexibility that way and husbands give your wives flexibility that way too. You know, because sometimes we take on projects that may not look like God's in it at all. It may be blowing up in our face, too. A few times we go out like Moses until it does, but the miracles are there. God's doing it. God is with us. And really, the biggest sign, like God said to Moses, is he wasn't going to really. He said, what sign shall I give him? And he said, God gave him all these things. He's, there's going to be some signs that are going to happen. But the main sign God gave was is that he'd bring to Moses was that when he did bring the people to the mountain, so it was after the fact. He had to take the risk first and then go to the mountain and worship. And that was the sign for Moses. I was like, okay, how do you figure that one out of your equations, right? So, so some of you guys, man, it's going to blow up in your face when you first start stepping out. But just keep going, keep hitting that wall and keep doing it. Know that you're doing what God has told you to do and keep doing it. And don't give up. And you people that are down talking to them that are making it hard on the ministers that are actually really doing God's will get the heck out of the way and shut your fat mouths man you guys need to get your hearts right because if you're not seeing if you're doing that then you're definitely not seeing the miracles of God and if you're not seeing the miracles of God then you don't actually really believe God's presence is right now right here right now today every day okay and then we're that's 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 weak faith actually that's not faith at all that's um, what God calls unbelief. So anyway, this is Rev DDT. I'm going to sign out now. Wow, cool. We're up on 46 minutes, 46 and almost a half. So we're going to we're gonna wrap it up. So I, I, let me pray for you. Father God, oh, uh, like Ezekiel said, open their eyes, Lord. Open my eyes too. Open all of our eyes, Father God. Thank you for your presence in our life. Thank you for your love. Uh, for, and Jesus said that our that we would have wellsprings of living water that would flow out of our belly. So I just... Um, just wellsprings of living water be released now in Jesus name come forth now spring forth now in the name of Jesus wells of living water spring forth now in Jesus name amen thank you everybody you guys all have a great day peace out baby bye bye the next thing I know I was flying through the sky.
thing I know, I was flying through the air back to my car. Then I got my car, and my car started by itself. And then the next thing I know, we're driving down the road, and then about two seconds later, we're home. And then I woke up, and I was in my bed, and I was like, whoa, that was a trip, man. This is a red DMT broadcast. Don't touch your towel. We'll be right back.